0: On this episode of Homegrown Horror, it's all about crooks and criminals. We're going to be talking about the Al Brady shootout of Bangor, Maine. Strap yourselves in. We're also going to talk a little bit about the lilies of the tundra. All this and more on Homegrown Horror.
1: Nice to meet you, Jackie Snorcolomule. My name is B, and I'm the union representative for the Children's Gangsters of America.
0: Yeah, see, uh, you're some kind of union representative, are you? I'm trying to represent my... My uh, cohort of roaming, burgling children, yes?
1: Yes, that is exactly it. And I have come to give you excellent news. They have decided that they will go back to work. They're ending the strike. What,
0: what more could I give them? I already gave them overtime with packs of bubble gum. I took them out to the picture shows last Friday. Well,
1: you see, that's the thing, is they have some demands that they would like to be met before they fully end the strike.
0: Demands? Demands? What more could they get? I gave them machine guns. What more could they want?
1: Um, they want gun safety training, first off.
0: Yeah, they don't need that. Just point and shoot. That's all the training they need from old Snarko.
1: Yes. Uh, may I call you Snarko?
0: Yeah. All
1: right, Snarko. <laughs> they also would like a 10% raise in their hourly rate.
0: Mm, I don't know if we can swing that. that's a lot of bubblegum.
1: That's it they don't want to be paid in bubblegum. they would like to actually be paid in money.
0: What dimes and nickels you say?
1: Yes this dimes is an outrage. Um, you know because the, the packs of bubblegum they average about two dollars um, they would like an increase in that and then also they would like it to actually be in in cash please. Um, and also, they would like to start a college fund. They're a little young for a 401k, but a college fund would be wonderful. Any kickbacks that you get from your dealings, they would like a percentage of that to go into a college fund for them.
0: Mm, yeah, these are tall orders. I say Snorko didn't need no college fund, and these kids don't need no college fund. They got street smarts. <laughs>
1: Right, the College of the Streets, yes, I understand, but they, some of them would actually like to go on to, um, do something other than crime. Um, one of them I spoke to actually wants to become a law enforcement officer.
0: Mm. Or a
1: lawyer, perhaps.
0: Well, the outfit could use more pigs in the outfit, so hmm, I think we worked something out here. Tell you what. We'll have the kids start stealing more hubcaps and robbing more grocery stores next week. We'll up the movie nights and give them a dollar ninety. Make it $3.00. Hmm, that's a tall order, but maybe old Snorky can start shaving a couple pennies from his end of the bargain.
1: Do we have a deal?
0: We've got a deal, Miss B. What a strange name. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Let's do it. Moose Cross sings red hot dogs. Missing persons in salty bugs. Up to camp with Stephen King. River curses Wesley sings. Homegrown horror. Blinky. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to homegrown grown horror. It probably just triggered the audience. <laughs> I find it like annoying to hear clinking of ice and ASMR. Glass or, oh yeah, pouring ASMR. H G
1: H -H A S M R. Hello and welcome to Homegrown Horror. Yeah, that's going to be on the Patreon.
0: I have no. (laughs) You mean our (laughs) OnlyFans?
1: Oh, sorry. I mixed that up. Read the notes wrong. Yeah, we have an (laughs) OnlyFans.
0: I think it'd be funny if we opted for an (laughs) OnlyFans.
1: Instead of a Patreon. Instead
0: of a Patreon. It literally serves the same purpose, right?
1: Well, at this point, yes, because. OnlyFans is trying to be like no we're not just for sex workers and it's like
0: mostly for sex mm. workers.
1: Yeah so <laughs> hello I'm B, co-host.
0: I'm Jackson, a co-host. Welcome to Homegrown Horror, the podcast about main spooky things, true crime, cryptids. I'm really trying hard not to clink <laughs> this ice around. <laughs> but yeah we're a main spooky podcast. Welcome.
1: Welcome. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like cracking on its own now.
1: you trying I'm
0: just holding my hand still. Fuck it. All right.
1: Yeah. Take a big swig. What are you Mm. drinking?
0: I'm just drinking uh, rum, and I I just cut it with some water. There was no mixers in the fridge. I saw. Yeah, we ran out.
1: Yeah, I we ran out of mixers.
0: Mm, Yeah, no worries, man. But B, I got some. I got a really fun episode planned for today. If you like gangsters, this is up your alley.
1: I'm really. Excited! I need something lighthearted this week. It's been a very stressful week.
0: <laughs> it, I, I get it, and it is. Isn't it kind of funny that we would assume gangsters from like the '30s are more lighthearted than what we've been dealing with in the last couple weeks? So I that, mean,
1: for the people involved, it wasn't lighthearted.
0: Yeah, for the people involved, it's not light-he- lighthearted. But we also have the the cushion of time.
1: A and a. B, like people think gangsters are cool. Like fucking look at all the movies there like people are obsessed with this sort and of thing. They're talking like,
0: funny action. Sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. So, Get it. They're basically cartoon characters and I think that's what uh mm-hmm. makes them less serious and that a way. is exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, they're very stylized is the word I think I'm looking for. Oh
0: yeah, for sure. Like there there was a an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. And it involved a lot of fedoras. But, B, before we get into today's episode, how was uh, your week? There was, I know it was a busy work week for you.
1: It was really busy. Uh, Like I said, I was very stressed out. But one of the highlights of the week was going to uh, Allegra Works at a... um, Holistic medicine place and they have massage therapists, so I went and got a massage.
0: Oh yeah, and they do all sorts of different stuff. Yeah, like... they have
1: acupuncture. They do naturopathy. They do massage, and I and I fucking enjoyed the hell out of myself. It was really really nice. Most massagers that I've gone to in the past have been like you're silent, and they just kind of go like she was talking me through it, and we were like talking about the areas of my body that hurt and like what we could do moving forward and also like moving energy as well because fun fact if you can like target like part of like the emotional reason for why you're also feeling pain and talk through that that also helps
0: that's kind of like yoga in a weird way that because you're you're focused so much on breathing throughout the exercise And also Mm self-reflection, like you are encouraged to take moments of like thinking about stress and anxiety and trying to target those issues and not just put it to the side during the practice, but actively kind of confront it in the moment. Mm -hmm. And you do feel yourself sort of loosen up in a weird way at the same time being like, it's okay to, to be this way
1: my back is just, like, compressed. Like, my lower back is, like, compressed. And I was like, yeah, uh, that feels really tense. And she's like, yeah, no, I can feel that.
0: Yeah, I could smash a bottle against this. It was also... The
1: other one that was really funny was, like, when she was doing um, my shoulders and, like, my clavicle area, like, she was like, your pec is, like, holding on for dear life. It's like, we must, like...
0: We must tense. We must
1: be tense. It's like, it feels like it's holding all of it. <laughs> and like yeah my glutes were all fucked up so it was fun she she was great like if you get yourself like a really fun personable massage therapist like it makes the process really it, it, it loosens you up like it's not serious so I I really enjoyed that and then I just kind of like Allegra like drove me home she drove me there and drove me home because like I feel like I, like I felt so drowsy afterwards I right. just like I'm like, I'm just gonna like curl up and just gonna drink a lot of water.
0: That's a good call. Because
1: you have to drink a lot of water because they're mo- like, when you're massaging, you're moving through like stuff through the lymphatic system as well. You really need to drink a lot of water.
0: Right. That's awesome, dude. Well. But yeah,
1: so that's really all I'm gonna say about my week because that was like the crown jewel. Everything else was just like me either A, stressing out, B, crying. Or see in a doctor's office.
0: (laughs) Well, hang on. I want to talk more about this massage. Is this the first time you've ever been like massaged by a professional or you've done this? No, I've
1: done it before, but like Allegra and I, like, got like when we go up to Acadia, we get like couples massages. Oh,
0: that's nice.
1: But again, it's like sort of different. It's more, it's less of like a therapeutic experience and more of like a luxury
0: Do you hold hands during it?
1: No. No, we don't. But like it the first time I ever got a massage, I made I made the mistake of doing a deep tissue massage.
0: Oh, they'll fuck you up. Oh,
1: it hurts.
0: Like my back is bruised. All yeah. Over. But
1: like it was nice like with with this this experience this time is like she's like just tell me Talk to me.
0: Talk to me, babe. Because,
1: you know, I was like, "Mm, that's really, you know, that's a little too much. And she's like, good. She's like, people will literally just, like, stay silent if something hurts. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. And
1: she's like, no, like, it should be an open communication with you and your massage therapist where it's like, you can tell them, like, this hurts or, like, it was also good because I could tell her, like, I was really telling her, like, the sensations because the pain in my lower back was, like, going down into my toes. Mm. And then also, sometimes when she would hit a certain spot, it would actually send pain up into my arms.
0: Yeah, it's crazy how much your back specifically is interconnected with the rest of your muscles.
1: Yeah, so when I would, like, tell her, like, okay, that feels this way. And also, like, the pain that I was feeling was more, like, zingy.
0: Zingy. Versus, like...
1: She, you know, sharp or dull, like, it, it literally felt like it was, like, crackling through my nerves mm, okay. is the best way to describe it. And she's like, that's super helpful because then she's like, I kind of know what I should be targeting, what I should be doing. Like, it's not a muscle pain. It's not, you know. So if you go and get a massage, I highly recommend just being super open and, like, treating it as, like, a partnership Versus like just thinking that you just have to lay there and take it because the <laughs> massage therapist knows best. Like if you kind of talk them through what you're feeling in the moment, that also helps.
0: Yeah, it does help. Like communication is key. Yeah.
1: It's also really nice like because Allegra's work, the massages are much cheaper than other places that I've gone.
0: Yeah, you said it was like under $100. Yeah. Which I feel like most places it's like at least 100 so that's really nice. Yeah.
1: And then also, cause that's what we actually got a massage. We got my sister a gift card for a massage for her 22nd birthday. Ooh. So now I've experienced it and I'm like, yes, like it really stinks that it, it's not covered like with health insurance. Cause again, the reason right. I went was a health, like it was a health concern and, you know, I let my doctor know about it and we talked about, like, what else I could get out of it and what questions I should be asking. So, like, it is part of, it can be part of your health care. But, unfortunately, just like acupuncture, it's, like, in this weird gray area.
0: <laughs> I had a boss who would get a massage every week.
1: I couldn't do it every week because he... the thing is, like, you feel sore afterwards. Yeah,
0: he would get it, he would get it every week. You still one of the angriest people I've ever met. <laughs> oh
1: my god! But no, like it real like it feels good in the moment, but you are very sore afterwards. Again, because they're moving things through your body and yeah. like manipulating your body. So you like my like right like my shoulder, my right shoulder and like pec still really hurts again because like there was so much tension there. We had to work it pretty hard. Mm. But other like my left doesn't
0: hurt. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, dude. Well, I mean. But yeah,
1: so that was the that again, crown jewel of the week. Crown
0: jewel of the week. Well, uh, at least there's a bright spot. You got to have one bright spot. In I know, neck. yeah. At least.
1: That you know. it was that and sleeping were my bright spots. This <laughs> week. We all have those weeks. Last week just happened to be mine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> just like nothingness and massages. Yeah. Perfect, man. Um well, I guess we can just dive right in. Did it. you
1: not have a week? <laughs>
0: uh, well... <laughs> or was it just
1: sort of more of the same?
0: My, my, it's sort of more of the same, except, like, again, I said I was going to make more time for Elden Ring. I have made more time for Elden Ring. Good! And I'm just, I'm just balls deep in Elden Ring right now. And, like, I think I finally hit my stride because I've committed to a specific kind of class for my character. Like, I was sort of mixing and matching with it initially, and that was not helpful for it. Mm-hmm. Now I've exclusively focused my character to be more of a spellcaster, and I have more spells now. Gotcha. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm wrecking house. <laughs> That's what I'm doing now. I'm just kicking kicking everybody's ass Kick left and right. Kick
1: everyone's ass.
0: Until, like, what's really funny about the game is that um, it just allows you to go into areas you're not supposed to go into. And so that's what makes it hard is, like, it gives you no real direction. You'll get <laughs> a dialogue thing from yeah. a character, and you actually have to pay attention to what they say. There's no quest ju- So this is what's uncomfortable oh, for new players. Cool, There's though. no quest journal. So okay. you have to just memorize what people are saying to you. And if they're giving you specific directions and you want to, like, interact with them more, you better listen up.
1: You want to know what? Yeah. Well, the last game, that there there's one game that I've played yeah. that is like this, where I literally had a physical notebook writing down everything and keeping track. It was Honey Pop. <laughs>
0: I love that that is the game that would trigger you, but yeah, that would be because you get like little notes on. Uh huh. You the have to memorize everything. So, Honey yeah. Pop
1: is a dating sim where literally you are being guided by a sex fairy.
0: Dating sim is a, is a generous term for that game. I think it's a it's, hentai game, isn't but it? But it's
1: yes and no. But it's also like <laughs> That's but a it's yes. yes and no. But it's also a puzzle game. So for me, it's like. Hot anime girls puzzles there's a dress up element
0: you can dress up the girls I didn't know that yeah you can I thought you just undress them no <laughs>
1: no yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah that's the I think it's really funny that' this, like that's like the only game that I've actually had like a physical notebook actually the other one is fire emblem because also like I keep track of like this is what I'm do like I want each of these characters to be paired together mm-hmm for the ending. So I make sure that they have the correct supports. Those are the two games that I've ever played that like I have needed supplementary materials for. <laughs> and both of them are very strange.
0: Yeah, I'm I've been playing Elden Ring like I play kind of every game I kind of breeze through dialogue and then I'm like, "Oh shit, wait. He said something <laughs> I was supposed to pay attention to. I think he said east. I'll just go east." <laughs> I thought you said
1: west. I thought
0: you said west. It's a fun game. I recommend it. I don't think you'd ever, I don't think you'd like it. No. (laughs) No, I don't. You're not a combat heavy kind of person, right?
1: Um, um, yes and no. I I grew up playing like Street Fighter and I grew, okay, so the two games that I loved playing growing up, Street Fighter EX3 and Gauntlet. Mm. Did you ever play Gauntlet?
0: I've never played Gauntlet.
1: We're putting a pin in that.
0: Putting a pin putting
1: in that. Putting a, a pin gauntlet. in that. You would like Gauntlet. But yeah, and then also, so like, then that evolved into me playing, I own every single Naruto fighting game for the PS.
0: Oh, damn. Okay. Like, I fuck, okay. including
1: the ones that were more open world. Those ones I didn't have as much enjoyment with because I really like, I like the sort of Street Fighter thing where it's like, you have like the flat background and you can fuck just...
0: Have you kept like I up with smash, with... smash, Smash, have Smash, Smash. Have you kept up with any of the fighting games in a while? Like... I don't see you playing those much lately no hmm we should get you back into it.
1: fighting games
0: yeah you know they make like <laughs> if you like the arcade style mm-hmm. of having the actual stick and the buttons yeah you can get attachments that are literally yes. the plug-in with that and and you can you could just play with a classic style of an yeah, arcade I'm, setup
1: i'm a smash 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 <laughs>
0: Also, this is something cool I learned, is, like, some of the arcade cabinets had different, um, I don't know what it is, but, like, the w- way you could move your stick around. yeah. So you'd be fixed in some ways. You can actually get attachments that are fix spe- it, that are specific to that kind of style uh, of the game, if you want to have a really authentic feel for it.
1: Well, actually, you asked if I play combat games. I play, uh, well, are you saying, like, combat, like, because, like, I also do turn, turn-based. like yeah.
0: I meant like um, third, more like um, you are in full cause, control. Because the
1: new, based. the the Final Fantasy remake is more like that,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: I finished that. And then also I've been mm-hmm. playing Kingdom Hearts, which is also like that.
0: That is similar to that. Um, I'd say it's kind of like that in some style, except you can get your shit rocked. <laughs> it's not like some p- people will just one shot you. Like there's no, no oh. qualms about it. It's really funny. It is really funny where I'm like I've been in situations where I'm fighting a boss in the open world, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, I think I'm doing well, and then he just one shots me, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, maybe yeah, I'll come that back would, to that, him later. That would stress <laughs> me out a little
1: bit because like I'm one of those people where like if I, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm just sort of like like I'm fucking playing Pokemon, and I just battled Hop the other day again, yeah. and I'm just sort of he's he's your rival, and I guess I'm just like. If I do not one hit kill all of his Pokemon, it is not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, his, all his Pokemon are like level 60. Mine are all like level 100. And I'm like, this is not good enough.
0: <laughs> They're trash. They shouldn't deserve to live. Welcome to uh,
1: the video game podcast.
0: Absolutely. We can make one. <laughs> um, I think you, okay, I take back my statement about you not liking Elden Ring. I think that as far as like, the, it the, might
1: be hard it might be complex I might have complex feelings about it
0: I think you'll have complex feelings about it but if it gives you any indication Emily's getting more into it yeah. and she is getting better I've noticed yeah so like there's a learning curve for sure but once you kind of hit it and figure out your play style you could totally handle it and like what's great about the game is because it is so heavily open world focused. Mm-hmm. If you're having trouble with like one boss somewhere and you're just like fuck it i don't want to do this you can go do something else that's a little easier train yourself up before you go back to the boss if it's
1: any indication about also my playstyle, one when allegra because like when allegra got breath of the wild i started my own file i went, <laughs> I went directly to forget like, it <laughs> 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 i'm just, like i'm like Mind. Like, You're just in naked, the fucking castle, just
0: naked as hell, just walking. I actually right think to it was castle. actually I
1: think it was Emily's old file, and so she had put like maybe two hours into it.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: And like, didn't beat any of yeah. So I was like, okay, this is what we're doing now. <laughs> I yeah. So. I don't know if I have time for another video game right now, but, because you also, you also recommended, um, Disco Elysium, Is that what it's called?
0: Uh, Disco Elysium.
1: Elysium. I was close. I'm
0: still playing it. I think I'm getting to end, but it still fucking holds up. I've been playing that at night when, um, Emily and I are in bed or whatever. Just kind of like. Just hanging out and chilling. We like to get in bed early and hang out, you know? And, uh, yeah, I've been playing Disco Elysium, um, And I'm close to the end, but it's still really funny. Like, I actually laugh. There's so many laugh out loud moments with the game. And it's really cool once you get super into the cases and the random tasks. Um, Like, I was helping a cryptozoologist with his traps in the game, which is kind of random.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: so there's there's some fun stuff in there. You're definitely going to be into it. If you get that game, you'll be super into
1: it. Yeah speaking of cases speaking of cases
0: Cases. uh sure (laughs) i'm
1: very i am very excited for this
0: okay yeah um today we're going to be talking about the shootout of the al brady gang and uh, just to kind of give a little little taste of what al brady gang's all about like we're talking about old school gangsters here yeah we're talking about 30s gangsters moonshiners Basic robberies. Dapper gentlemen with mm-hmm. their fucking fedoras yes. and their ties and their Tommy guns. You know, I don't know where... It...
1: Tommy gun.
0: A Tommy gun. <laughs> Everybody loves a mask reference.
1: I fucking love that movie. Anyway. It is a
0: fantastic film. No, we're, no, we're going to talk about the mask now. <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, just to give you a taste of what the Hal Brady gang was like, here's a little snippet of just... Their kind of title. Awesome. Once, once uh, Dillinger was killed in 1934, Al Brady, Al Brady, Alfred Brady, became public enemy number one in the U.S. That was the title that he was holding, and the history of the gang pretty much uh, includes they have committed countless assaults. They can't count them; it's too much. Four murders. And 200 robberies across the U.S.
1: Holy fuck, okay.
0: Yeah, a lot of grocery stores, a lot of stealing cars, stripping cars. They even operate a tiny little gang of children to strip cars, which is kind of funny to me. <laughs> it's like fagin. Are they like? Are, are, <laughs> you know? is it
1: just like the little street urchins you're just kind of like
0: yeah hey, no can, I'll like, give a, hey
1: yeah. can i give you a dollar if you go strip that car for me
0: pretty much just like they just ganged uh they just gathered around gangs of children and had them strip cars bring your friends yeah no i kind of imagine uh fagin from oliver <laughs> go on and be back soon <laughs> <laughs> All ratty kids and they're like potato Fucking sack pants. Fucking fascinating. Um, yeah, but they're a really interesting group of dudes. Both, so let's kind of get into it. And so we're going to be talking primarily about three members of the Al Brady gang. There are a couple other rotating members and also mm-hmm. some one-off guys who are just too crazy to deal with. <laughs> so okay, <laughs> it's a it's a short life for this individual and. Uh, ultimately uh his violence and his impact would eventually get to bangor maine but we're gonna get into that journey because now we're gonna go into the shitty midwest (laughs) i'm sorry no we're gonna go to kentland indiana if you're from kentland indiana i don't know you tell me how it is um (laughs) al was born in kentland indiana on october 25th 1910 he lived a Fairly normal average farm boy life in his very early years, but unfortunately, when he was pretty young, his father died, and Al's mother would end up marrying a man named Biddle from Indianapolis. Biddle? His name was Biddle. His first name? <laughs> yep. I also was like, what kind of fucking
1: that, name is Biddle? That sounds like a name I'd give one of my Pokemon.
0: That is a name I'd give a dog, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. puppy. You're Biddle. You Biddle. You're Biddle. Come on, Biddle. <laughs> oh,
1: my god. So okay. his name was
0: Biddle. He was probably adorable. Is that a family name? I hope not.
1: <laughs> Something just fell in the shower. <laughs> I just heard it.
0: <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, so, yeah. His mother would end up marrying uh, a Mr. Biddle, and they moved uh, to Indianapolis. Um, Al's life doesn't really get much better, but it seems like he has a pretty extensive network of family friends. Uh, but his mother would end up dying in 1926 when Al is 16 years old. And his stepfather, Biddle, would then die two years later. This guy's had three parents dying oh my
1: God!
0: in his early youth. 18 years old. Your and parents just don't want to be around you. <laughs> dropping like flies. <laughs> it's like, I can't stand it. Oh, i that just sucks. My body's just going to give up.
1: <laughs> that sucks.
0: Before Biddle's death, um, Al was working in a clothing store as an errand boy. Then after his death, he worked uh, at a family friend's hot tamale stand in Indianapolis. I wouldn't think that a tamale stand would do well in like 19... What is... Uh, we're talking about nineteen like twenty eight, ish, nineteen twenty eight like Indianapolis. Indiana. What? Yeah. Interesting. Is it interesting? Well, I mean they got it's just corn, right? So I mean they got the corn husks. So yeah. it's like, I just they got the makings for it. So why not yeah. easily accessible? Um, so he would end up working at the hot tamale stand, though. Actually, in uh, I'm sorry, nineteen thirty one to nineteen thirty two, he then left his job and started wandering the midwest we don't really have much record of his whereabouts throughout this period of time um into his 20s uh but on july 10th of 1934 he was arrested for vagrancy which is just a fancy name for sleeping in the wrong place uh he was under the pseudo name james reed at this time but the charges ended up being dismissed because uh he pulled a favor for a family friend family friend made good on it and was able to get him out of jail for that period but then (laughs) 11 days later (laughs) he was charged with unlawful possession of stolen property and then was sentenced what was it i don't know
1: (laughs) that i'm disappointed that you probably
0: (laughs) probably multiple things you know, I, I was okay. looking through a lot of different sources, and yeah. I could not find what this what he was stealing. Um, we're talking about 1930s records here, not the mm-hmm. most uh, up to date no. and expressive. But, but he was sentenced to serve 180 days on a state farm in Greencastle, Indiana. Well, at least I have the location of the farm, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> this is actually where uh, Al would end up. Uh, meeting one of his, mm-hmm. his main gang cohorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was James Dalhover. James Dalhover owned the farm that was pretty much adjacent to the uh, the Greencastle farm or okay. the, the farm the state farm that he was working at. Um, after this period, he then disappeared. Uh, and then kind of reemerged around August of 1935 where he was working for a short time in a mattress factory. Just a couple of months, I think. And then ended up working as a welder in an auto factory. Got his welding certificate. Um, so good for him. Yeah. Tradesman, right? Rising up in the world. Uh, during around this time from the him getting back in August to Indianapolis, He would end up visiting James a bit uh, at the farm. He became kind of friends with him. And actually one of the um, parts or or the reasons that he would go visit James was that James was also running a bootlegger operation and moonshine uh, operation from his farm that he owned.
1: Right and next to the State Farm. Right next
0: to the State Farm, and uh, what he would end up do doing here is that his supply of yeast was actually being throttled by the FBI at this time, and Al was coming over with yeast to provide to the operation. So there was a little bit of a mutual business relationship yep. going on here.
1: Okay. They get- then started. To, I get yeah. you. So
0: they became friends. They were both criminals. Um, and James actually would talk to, uh, sorry, Al would talk to James and mentioned that he ended up organizing a group of young boys, Fagan style, to start stealing and burglarizing stores, stripping autos, stealing cars and other businesses in the city and all coming back funneled to him.
1: I have something that I just want to quickly say is like, I feel like this is also like just another Like, it makes sense to me that, like, this is the backside of the American dream. Yeah. Where it's like, if you can't do it this way, you're still going to get there. You're just going to do it a different way. If
0: you're willing to make money, you'll find ways to make Make, money. Yeah. There's no... Like, it's built
1: into it. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense to me that we see this sort of activity in this this area of time, because it's also after the Depression.
0: You know why it's called the American dream. Why? Because you have to be asleep to believe it. Oh! Ah. Sheeple. Rest in peace, George Carlin. <laughs> I think you <he> said that. <laughs>
1: Don't fact check us. We'll have a corrections to... corner next week.
0: As I was typing this out, I like I had so many random resources. I mostly relied on government resources that I could find. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I was typing this out, I thought to myself, I should just put a big asterisk on this episode that say some details may not be actually correct. <laughs> And I was just kind of like thinking to myself, wouldn't that be nice if I had an asterisk on myself as a person so that everybody would not be like mad or upset that I would say something not correct to them at a Don't given moment. Don't
1: trust anything I say.
0: Don't trust anything I print say.
1: Print This is what you should do. You should print out a stack of papers that just have big asterisks on them, <laughs> like in like 300 point font, and then just hand them out every time you say something yes or business cards
0: business cards like don't do not trust anything or say and then also 70 percent of what i'm saying is probably a joke that is worded poorly <laughs>
1: <laughs> does that work for everybody all right we're perfect. in agreement yeah. cool
0: <laughs> okay podcast so we, adjourned so we talked a little bit about al um so i want to talk a little bit about james now because james is kind of a key component to the al brady gang mm-hmm. um but James had a much more direct line of a criminal upbringing in his past. He, um, he ended up going to a reform school at the age of 11 years old with his brother, George, who was 16 at the time. And the reason for him going to the reform school was because him and his brother robbed a grocery store at 11 years old. Could you imagine getting held <laughs> up by an 11-year-old kid? Oh. Give me your buddy, mister. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Isn't that wild? That's
1: fucking wild. Just, like, imagining an 11-year-old. Oh, my God. Okay.
0: That gun is bigger than you. <laughs>
1: yeah, really? You going to be able to withstand the kick, kid?
0: Yeah, maybe not. Uh, but after reform school, he was uh, ended up traveling with his family, and he went through an intense cycle of going to... Uh, random labor jobs, mostly on farms, a lot of farm work. Uh, And actually in December of 1925, he would marry a Anne Moore from Cincinnati And would have two kids with her. If you want more details about Anne Moore, I don't have them. (laughs) Because she kind (laughs) of drops off the picture here. Um, Probably,
1: hopefully for a good reason.
0: Probably for a good reason. Mostly because, you know, James is a murderer and is a criminal and is not able to be at home. I hope (laughs) she
1: got out of that. Either that or she just, like, peacefully was unaware.
0: Maybe... Maybe. I don't know.
1: Not unaware, but just sort of like, yeah, he's in jail, whatever. <laughs>
0: uh, or like, oh yeah, he's uh, in insurance. <laughs> he's in insurance. <laughs> I yes. am an accountant. Um, <laughs> in 1926, James got into the moonshine business and would end up traveling a lot between Kentucky and Cincinnati. Um, and he ended up actually getting caught pretty early as he dipped into the moonshine business Mm -hmm. and he was sentenced uh he ended up getting caught with george also in in a truck with a bunch of moonshine in the back and he was sentenced both sentenced to 100 days and uh each to pay a fine of a hundred dollars um isn't that crazy a hundred dollar fine i mean in those dollars yeah that's a lot but i was reading that i was like damn
1: what year is this
0: uh this is 1926
1: I like doing this. Nineteen twenty six dollars.
0: Inflation calculator go I love inflation calculators. One thousand five hundred
1: eighty eight dollars and forty one cents.
0: Fifteen hundred dollar equivalent. That's yeah. insane. Well, I mean I guess that's pretty mild, I think, for smuggling contraband. Yeah. I think that uh maybe this was Well, 1936, this would be before really hard stances on illegal smuggling of drugs and all that. So Mm -hmm. anyway, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, 100 days, that doesn't seem like a lot of time to spend in jail, right? No. Well, it was too much for James and George because they broke out of prison after three weeks.
1: (laughs) Shawshank redemption in this bitch.
0: (laughs) The duo ended up going to Madison and picked up a car and then drove to Roswell. And their car ended up breaking down. And then they stole 1926 Ford Coup and were then apprehended in New Mexico.
1: They made it pretty far, though. They did. They got
0: quite a ways. I don't know what... There's not a record of kind of what they were doing in between that period of driving around. But that's the details I got. Um, But they ended up uh, having to serve about one and a half to two years in New New Mexico State Penitentiary. Uh, when they were released, they didn't end up escaping this time. <laughs> they went back to Indiana, working random jobs. But then, of course, he did get back into Moon and Shining in 1929. The business was actually it, doing quite I was
1: gonna, well. like, it, ugh, crime is in his blood.
0: Crime is in his blood. And also, like, he probably is thinking of, you know, as Abe Lincoln probably said, failure, you know, is a lesson in itself. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... We learned from our past mistakes, and that's probably what he was thinking to himself when it came to the moonshining business. He was like, well, I won't go to Kentucky again.
1: Yeah, no, let's do it here in Indiana. <laughs> but uh,
0: his business started doing really well to the point where he ended up quitting his main job to just moonshine full time. Okay. So from 1931 up to like 1935, business was booming.
1: He's like, what are you going to do after this?
0: He ended up buying like, a farm and make more, <laughs> make more moonshine. <laughs>
1: Make the operations bigger.
0: I'm going to put my moonshine farm next to the state penitentiary farm. They won't expect it. I know.
1: Keep your your friends close. Keep your enemies closer.
0: It's so I can keep an eye on them.
1: (laughs) Or, conversely, as people are being released, just be like, you want to work on my moonshine business?
0: Make a lot of money. We accept cons. Um." al and james met 1935 as we kind of already went over uh and james would note that Al would bring down the supplies of yeast to his business uh but in march of 1935 james's farm was raided he was able to keep the property but his farm was raided and his still was destroyed and he was again sentenced this time he served 60 days on a work farm and uh paid a fine of 500 dollars um we don't need to get the inflation no i feel that. like
1: yeah so that's gonna be like maybe around like five thousand six hundred something like that
0: i think it would be like seventy five hundred dollars
1: maybe yeah hmm. let's just go in that range I yeah, guess. yeah yeah
0: six to seventy five hundred dollars yeah. big asterisks maybe we're wrong <laughs> um later in 1935 Al would insist on having James enter into his robbery business. Al's business is doing okay. He's, uh, you know, raking in the dollars. And at first, James was refusing, wasn't really into it, but then he did give in. And their first robbery was a theater where they were able to uh, secure a whopping total of $19. Nice. Then they hit a grocery store and collected one hundred and ninety dollars, okay. so a little bit better. And uh, they end up grocery stores are a pretty big target for them because they're like, oh, they actually have money in here. Yeah. Versus a theater, which it's like, yeah, no, I mean, like they're it's handing weird. in coins to go see the picture flicks.
1: Yeah, it's like not. I want to go
0: see that train that might hit me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's not. You know, it's not super lucrative. Like, I think it's, it, like, theaters are lucrative, but also, like, on a given day, what you can get is probably not very much.
0: I mean, in, in a given day, you don't want to be robbing the uh, the ticket counter. You yeah. want to be robbing the concession stand. <laughs> <laughs> I want that because... popcorn money. <laughs>
1: yeah, a uh, fucking $8 popcorn, yeah. Crazy. You and know everyone what? gets popcorn.
0: When I go to movie theater, or when I went to movie theaters when I was a kid and didn't want to spend eight dollars on popcorn, I would smuggle in hamburgers in my pocket. I'd be, I'd be like a sixteen year old kid with like four Big Macs in his pockets.
1: Ah. <laughs> what is that noise? of Rappers.
0: <laughs> that was the movie theater experience for a long time. It was just like. People are looking around and like, I hear a robber. It's like, why do I smell fried chicken? <laughs> they got a whole KFC bucket in here.
1: <laughs> How do you smuggle in a KFC bucket?
0: Jeez. <laughs> With a big enough jacket. <laughs> the people at the ticket stand are making minimum wage. They do not give a shit. <laughs> They don't. Do, uh,
1: I had to give a shit, or else I would get fired. I worked at a movie theater.
0: Oh, B. no one else cared.
1: Because no. uh, I worked... well. I worked at a movie theater during Christmas, during Star the, the 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 most like the the reboot of Star Wars. Basically, what the fuck was that called?
0: The re? You mean like the continuation?
1: Yeah. What was it called?
0: Uh, the first one that came yeah. out, Force Awakens.
1: Yes. So I was working during Force Awakens, and they were like check everyone's bags everyone's
0: why who gives a shit
1: because they were afraid that someone was gonna bring a weapon and people did bring like fucking they did they were like i'm gonna bring my lightsaber well
0: Uh, you can bring a lightsaber what
1: no masks no lightsabers
0: use wow Way to fucking shit on everyone's parade. Yeah, no masks, no
1: lightsabers. <laughs> so but also lame. I mean, and there is a history of...
0: What if somebody did come into a gun? You're going to be really regretting not giving those people their lightsabers. <laughs> they would have been able to <laughs> shut <laughs> the <laughs> shit down. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: yeah. Um... Cut
0: these bullets in midair. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. Like, I didn't get paid enough to care, yeah. but like... I'd get a stern talking, too, if I didn't. Oh,
0: no, a finger whack. Don't worry. They'll keep you around. <laughs> <laughs> um, in October of 1935, though, the Al Brady gang was officially formed. Yeah. <laughs> Al she... brought in another, uh, another important member of the gang called Clarence Lee Schaefer who's the youngest member of the gang i don't have as much information about him because i got tired
1: he's a baby yeah Doesn't he's a matter. baby
0: boy he has he's got so much life to live maybe and oh. then the three oh. the trio ended up um doing a lot of business on the robbery side knocking over a lot of grocery stores gas station drug stores and they ended up doing this every saturday night and sometimes sunday Saturday night is robin' night, boys. <laughs> it's I like just a- imagine
1: someone asking Al what he does. I'm a small business
0: owner. (laughs) I'm a small business owner. He actually had a couple, like, uh, weird little alibis. Uh, He did actually say he was an insurance inspector at one point. Okay. And, of course, he wasn't. (laughs) But that was one of his Let me into your back
1: room. I need to inspect for your insurance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Inspect for your insurance.
1: (laughs) Your insurance policy that you don't have yet.
0: (laughs) James said that they must have robbed, like, at least 150 stores, as we already (gasps) talked about. It was closer to 200. Yeah. The gang continued to operate and membership did grow. They had their gang of children also robbing cars and stripping them of parts, so that was going pretty well. What are you well. gonna
1: do to a kid?
0: It's um, actually funny though. the 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 kids said they weren't making enough money, uh, and from the from the cars. Did they go on strike? No, but they did actually hold. They did actually end up having meetings. And we're talking about how they need to figure out different business operations oh my that God. they can focus in on. And also that they need better weaponry, like machine guns, for their for their operations. For the children? For the children. Machine guns. For the children. <laughs> machine guns. It's for the kids. Okay. I think I just found our episode headline. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> more robberies more thievery all sorts of other bullshit and in march of 1936 the gang had ended up uh this is of note robbing two jewelry stores one in greenville ohio and uh lima ohio lima ohio stealing $8,000 and $6,800 worth of jewelry, respectively. Okay, yeah, now we're getting, it the getting big body.
1: somewhere. They start
0: actually focusing more on jewelries at this point, And at one point, they estimate they got about $68,000 worth of jewelry. But uh, a deal to actually fence the jewelry went south. They weren't able to get the money. Uh, they were getting stuck up by some Chicago people. Gotcha. Anyway, but we're not going to talk about that. There's, I've left so many details out. Of everything they did. There's so much shit that these guys did. It's insane. Like, the information that I was able to find was detailing pretty much every fucking robbery that they ever did. And I was just like, I cannot cover all All this. 200? Nearly all 200. They did pick up. They kind of glossed over, like, grocery stores and, ma- like, knocking over uh, gas stations and stuff because there's so many. Yeah. But they did know, like, the major, major stuff. And this uh, Greenville, Ohio and Lima, Ohio jewelry stores... It was a K jewelers also, <laughs> both of them.
1: Every kiss begins okay.
0: <laughs> Give me your money. <laughs> uh, I don't feel bad necessarily about that. <laughs> nah,
1: I don't either. They've, they're fine.
0: Of note, though, around the end of uh, one, around this time when they were robber, uh, robbing these uh, jewelry stores, after this, they would end up also robbing another grocery store that ended up having a lot of people in it, like 35. People were running out, but uh, Al did end up killing a clerk that was in that grocery store. And I just wanted to mention that because that's when things started heating up for them. Um, in April 27, 1936, the gang robbed the same jewelry store in Lima, Ohio. <laughs> it's like it's so funny. They had such balls that they went for the same fucking gotta jewelry store. You guys have some big
1: ass balls.
0: Yeah. And at that, that one specifically, why I'm noting it, is that they ended up getting in a shootout with the police at this point. Okay. Um, Okay, but then in May 11th, 1936, Al was apprehended by Indianapolis police, and Schaefer was taken in on the same day as well. On May 15th, James was nabbed, and there was another individual that was nabbed, but he ended up having to go serve a different sentence because he was not connected to a murder. Um, The trio were waiting in Hancock County Jail, until october 11th 1936 where the trio assaulted the sheriff of the jail and took his revolver and escaped they stole a vehicle and ran off and they ended up robbing their way all the way to virginia where then they decided to play a quiet base of operations in baltimore maryland they stayed in maryland and they continued robbing across the country they would go back to baltimore for rest uh, until the Feds ended up getting wind of where they were being headquartered, and the police chased them out of Baltimore, they ended up having a base of operations that they were run to then in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and then they would continue doing smaller crimes. They recognized that they're more on the run at this point; they're trying to stay a little bit lower. But they decided that they need to find a place to go purchase guns,
1: and also the call of the call and the thrill of. The- the robbery is just too much. It's too hard to just lay low.
0: What I also think is kind of funny about this is like we've, uh, you're familiar with Red Dead 2.
1: Absolutely.
0: So it's just kind of funny that the parallels of this, like they have this gang. These guys are way more into the murder as a gang as a whole. And the like
1: So they're assaulting. more they're more like the Murphy brood. <laughs> they're more like
0: a Murphy brood. But I thought it was interesting that it was like, these guys are being pushed further and further east and north. Mm -hmm. in a way.
1: It's very, it's really interesting because I feel like gangsters are kind of like, it's very Wild West. You know what I mean?
0: I mean, it follows the period right afterwards. You know, it's like your mid-1800s to uh, early 1900s gangster is effectively like an outlaw. Mm -hmm. And then as the West becomes, as we, as they've said, more civilized, you know, Outlaws aren't really a thing anymore, and there's more police force across the. They whole say of the outlaws
1: aren't a thing anymore.
0: They say, but outlaws. guess what?
1: They, yeah. they're all, mm-hmm. they're always gonna come back.
0: Yeah, well, that's what the gangsters are now. You know, yeah. these guys, these gang members. It's like, okay, now they're more. Maybe they're more organized. Maybe they have better weaponry or whatever. They
1: don't have to camp out.
0: <laughs> Their lives are slightly different. I think. I think the parallels is between outlaws or that mm-hmm. kind of traditional sense versus. Gangsters is, I think, that outlaws are seen as more of like independent individuals that sort of want to be. left. I'm an alone. independent
1: contractor. Independent
0: contractor, where gangsters. I'm a
1: privateer, these, darling. <laughs>
0: these kinds of like this era of gangster seems more aligned with like get a lot of money and have the luxuries of all of society. Yes. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because that's the thing is they want the yeah. Um, Again. You achieve the American dream in whatever way possible.
0: Yeah, and these guys chose violence. Exactly. <laughs> they woke up and chose violence.
1: Exactly, Doctor Phil. Uh,
0: <laughs> so on September 21st in what did I say 1937, the trio journeyed to Bangor, Maine. And the reason that they went to Bangor, Maine, was to buy a shitload of guns.
1: All right. I guess that's where Bangor.
0: It was Bangor. A...
1: The you know the the guns are. They grow beautifully in, out in the wild.
0: <laughs> Did I say Bangor right?
1: Yeah, you said Bangor.
0: Okay, it's Bangor, because I've said banger. <laughs> you said banger. Bangor. Bangor. See, I'm becoming more mainer by the day. Um, yeah, they went to go by, go- they were on Central Street. Do you know where Central Street's at?
1: I'm not super familiar with Bangor, if I'm yeah. being completely honest with you. Totally
0: fine. I was going to ask you a whole bunch of Bangor questions, but I'm now going to cut that. Uh... All right, we're
1: cutting the <laughs> trivia portion because it's all Bangor trivia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they, had, uh, they were asking after a lot of different types of ammunition for their revolvers, their pistols, their automatics, um, and other weapons that they could obtain through the store. Uh, they ended up leaving, went to Bridgeport, then they ended up returning to the same gun store on October 5th, 1937. Well, we already said 37. But anyway, yeah, gang it. returned. They asked for additional clips for the weaponry that they had.
1: And nobody and, was like, this is suspicious.
0: Well, they ended up asking for machine guns and other more specific ammunition. Then the gun owners started getting very suspicious of this kind of interaction he called the police and the state police, local and state, to kind of report in the situation and say, hey, these guys are looking for like some heavy artillery. I don't know what's up with them. Um, but they said that they would be returning on October 11th or 12th. Police report that back to the FBI. FBI agents are on the way to Maine um, to, to meet up with the Brady gang. On October 12th, 1937 at 8.30 a.m., The gang arrived in a a Buick with Ohio plates. Al stayed in the car, and Schaefer and James went to the store. Schaefer stayed out front looking out onto the street to keep watch while James entered the store to purchase the firearms. Within the store, James was arrested by agents that were waiting inside. While James was being arrested, he had asked the feds where his pals were. Schaefer answered, drew his gun, and started firing through the front of the store. He ended up hitting an agent and injured him. Agents returned fire. Schaefer ran into the street where he fell and died a few minutes later with a pistol in his hand and one round left in the chamber. Two agents were approaching the car that Al was sitting in, pointing his guns at him, and they told him to get out and he replied, don't shoot, don't shoot, I'll get out. Upon getting out of the car, he lunged, drew his pistol, started shooting at an agent, and a hail of bullets met his body. Al fell dead in the middle of the Bangor Street, Central Street. Excuse me? He fell dead.
1: No. What? Where? Where Bangor. Was he?
0: <laughs> Bang it. He <laughs>
1: you jinxed yourself.
0: I was going on such a roll. That was so good. Anyway, <laughs> Dead on arrival. Dead, dead before he hit the ground.
1: Holy shit. Okay.
0: Yeah. It's just a, it's a lifestyle of a lot of these like gangsters. They end up just being riddled with bullets. Emily and I were watching um, the movie about the old Texas Rangers that go after Bonnie and Clyde. And just like the actual... They, they depict the, the scene of them getting shot all over the car. And then they actually show the car and it's like, wow, this car got fucked up.
1: The whole story of Bonnie and Clyde is really fucked up. Yeah. Like the, them on the run and like, I can't remember, I don't remember if it was Bonnie or if it was one of the people that were with them, but like one of them was like severely injured and was like basically like going septic.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, oh my God. But then also John Dillinger, how he ends up. Like, all these different gangsters, you know? Just such brutally violent-
1: Ends.
0: And it's intense. Yeah. Um, that's the story of Al Brady. James was the only one left alive of this altercation, and a plaque is left on the area of Central Street where uh, they died.
1: Can we take a field trip?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I wanna yeah. take a picture. That'd
0: be fun. There's actually a couple other areas we can we can check out. We gotta plan all these trips
1: also. I know. We always say, we're gonna take a trip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we to need to push or the release take of this Patreon. <laughs> favorite rocket ship. Uh, wow, isn't that intense though? I loved researching this. This was so much fun to look up. I love gangsters and I love gangster movies and I love this I th- weird it's kind super of like
1: interesting th- because like there's like they've just left footprints all over the country and it's like now <laughs> I'm sure that there are lots of cities that could have plaques.
0: Well, this is the. F-
1: For these guys.
0: Seriously. There's, this is also so funny, though, to me, because I got a lot of this information from the FBI website um, mm-hmm. because they had the most details out of any other resource that I could find. But what they ended up saying was that the only reason the FBI got involved was because of the second robbery in Lima, Ohio. They also robbed um, a vehicle from a government official.
1: Okay. And they also, so that's...
0: they also, the Lima, Ohio store, the jewelry store, uh, reported in the goods being stolen and transporting across state lines, which mm-hmm. I guess triggers some weird federal law. Okay.
1: And Interesting. so
0: then that's the only reason the FBI got involved. Before that, they were not getting involved with the situation at all.
1: I wonder if things would have been different if the FBI hadn't been involved.
0: I'm kind of curious if... about that. I would assume that if, like, the main police brought it back up to the feds mm-hmm. and the guy that was in the Bangor store. Well, I mean, if the feds weren't involved at all, maybe they wouldn't have ever been run out of Baltimore because the feds were on, were tracking them at that point. Yeah. So I guess if the, if the FBI wasn't involved, these guys probably would have gone on for a little longer until they did something else, you know, Yeah. that would trigger that. Um, but damn, so much fun. <laughs> that was fun to, to 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 go over. Yeah, of course, not fun to live through that.
1: No. Oh my god, I can also just imagine like the stress of being that gun store owner and being like, "Oh my god, they're coming back." <laughs> <laughs> they're coming back.
0: Oh <laughs> no. But it was pretty funny. But also, uh, kudos to that gun store owner for being like, nobody needs this much ammunition. He's no. probably more used to like selling maybe yeah he does sell some anti-personal anti-personnel kind of yeah guns at times but that's just because it's maine and you it's don't maine. know who's coming around the corner
1: there's a fucking moose
0: there's a fucking moose you better take I'm going it down. out.
1: i'm going out to take down specter moose i need a machine gun
0: my Tommy gun yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: oh my god
0: i hope you liked that though like, I did. we have done so many bummers the last couple weeks
1: no this one was just really cool yeah. like it's it's fascinating yeah no yeah we've had a lot of bummers
0: And I know that this was not really specifically about a guy from Maine.
1: I think this counts because, again, it happened. My stipulation for this podcast has always been like...
0: It's got to touch.
1: It's got to touch Maine.
0: Yeah, in a significant way. I mean,
1: yeah, because we've discussed how close do we want to get. Because Israel Keys, who is a very well-known serial killer at this point... um would literally just take pit stops in maine to visit his family we don't know if he committed any crimes here but do we we want to yeah we've
0: talked about that and been like does this give us the agency to talk about it and we're kind of like no he was just hanging out yeah
1: because there was another one where it was like i think it was in i think it was in either massachusetts or new hampshire but like there was this guy from maine who showed up at his neighbor's house nude or mostly nude and then killed them or, mm. or said he killed someone like that was interesting but it's like is that are we counting that as Maine because it's a guy from Maine this one I think counts because this whole story wraps up with a nice little bow in Maine <laughs>
0: exactly I think it's also interesting like um that it does it, yeah I think it's interesting that it does end up in Maine and why would they go all the way to Bangor?
1: <laughs> from for, Bridgeport. For,
0: from Bridgeport, Connecticut. That's the interesting thing. I was like, I guess there weren't... They,
1: maybe they thought it was out of the way enough that no one was going to say anything.
0: This gun store was significant enough that they probably thought these guys will have what or, we're looking for. Or
1: maybe they mistook Maine for New Hampshire and they thought that our we were live free or die.
0: <laughs> they
1: are like, yeah, they'll help us.
0: <laughs> no, we just want you to fuck off. <laughs> Uh, Thank
1: you so much for this story. It's fascinating.
0: You're welcome. I've had a, again, I had again, again, I had such a blast with it, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I always love a historical one as well. I always seem to get into the historical ones. It's interesting because, like,
1: I don't, I'm not like super into the historical ones as much. If I'm being completely honest, like, unless I'm like super into it, like, if a podcast that I'm listening to is doing an old timey murder, I usually skip
0: it. Oh my god. <laughs> How but, dare you?
1: <laughs> I have to be in the mood. I have to be in the mood for something old-timey. But this was fascinating. I love... Like, I really do like gangsters, and this whole idea is, like... It's, it's, it's really interesting, especially since, like, I feel like we've romanticized gangsters a lot.
0: We do. And I think part of it is because within... And Outlaws. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. We always... We talk about the American dream a bit here, and I think... That is still part of it, as you were saying. It's it like, is. It's about the accumulation of wealth for comfort, and that is the idea, ultimately, of the American dream, as flawed as it is. Um,
1: but that, and that's the thing: is you have people who are poor and are not able to do this, but they still, you know, the American dream is built up as this thing that anybody can achieve. Mm-hmm. So, these are your means. These are yeah. your means to achieve what everyone is telling you that you can do.
0: Yeah. It's like, you just have to be prepared for the repercussions surrounding your choices. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it kind of evolves. It's like, it's gone from um, early, like, we're talking about outlaws. We're talking about um, these like 1930s gangsters. And that would even persist into um, like the 70s with some certain gangsters that Mm -hmm. were even visible
1: because when did whitey bulger
0: who was whitey bulger i don't know that one what yeah
1: okay we're putting a pin in that for later okay what
0: i don't know
1: jackson there's a movie starring johnny depp about him
0: whitey bulger yes did this come out recently
1: this came out i was working at i was black
0: mass Actually, yeah. this is one I've been wanting to see, but I haven't, I haven't yeah, dipped into it at all. because it
1: came out when I was working at Cinemagic, so that was in oh. 2016.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd totally be down to watch this. Um, it, it, I mean, it looks cool. I like the look that he's bald and just.
1: Yeah, what year, what year. It's you're, like
0: such a fuck. When did it come out?
1: No, 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 no. Um, did he, his reign of terror end? Uh... Does it tell you? Does it, the internet.
0: Oh, uh, he died in 2018, it looks like.
1: Holy shit. Yep. In
0: like October. Yep. (laughs) Also,
1: you want to hear a fun fact? (laughs) Yeah, tell me. So, there is a very well-known gangster that shares my last name. Really? Who is in jail for the rest of his life in New York City.
0: Oh my god. (laughs) There's a
1: reason why I was a little nervous about moving to New York with my last name. Because there, all,
0: everybody would think, yeah, you're, oh, you connected. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I was a little bit like, eh. Um, I but, feel like perhaps I pronounced my name differently enough.
0: Do they I say... I, was,
1: I don't know. Because the thing is, we always said kakase. And they found kakasi.
0: Because
1: then we found out that it would be kakachi.
0: Kakachi. Kakachi.
1: Um, and... So, <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was something I considered when I was like going to school and maybe I was like just being like completely unhinged thinking that, but like I was really nervous because I was like, I don't fucking know like what, you know, how, how to feel about this, <laughs> but I mean there, yeah, it's, you know, being Italian, you've probably got a lot of connections to the Um, <laughs> but no. So that's something that's really interesting, and I kind of want to dig into that just, like, on my side. Because, like, I also do a lot of, um, I do family tree stuff. Yeah, yeah. But I have a really hard time with that side of the family tree because there's a lot of gaping holes between when the Kakachis came to, came from Naples to America. Mm. Also, we always thought we were from Sicily, but... Um, the documents say Naples, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Documents say Naples, so. That's,
1: okay, literally this, that's pretty much like doing ancestry and family tree stuff. It's like, well, the documents say this, or the DNA (laughs) test says this, because everybody has this kind of idea that's been passed down about how their family is, you know, their family history. You know, most, like, most white people have the, well, your great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather or grandmother was a Native American. So, you're, like, 116th. We always thought we were Mm Mi'kmaq. Mm-hmm. Mi'kmaq. Um, but, no. (laughs) The answer is No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) no not at all no very not at all very not at all <laughs> well you know i mean still be proud of your naples heritage i guess <laughs> <laughs> you could probably still go to new york and you know just stay out of the wrong neighborhoods yeah you know? well
1: that's what because i was gonna move to new york for school right and i was just like i don't know if i want to live here with this name <laughs>
0: You, you may have been surprised. Maybe a bunch of doors would have been opened for, for you. you, and you would have to deal with those repercussions <laughs> later.
1: <laughs> Speaking of,
0: I hear you flinging my name around. <laughs> um, but. You know, we talked a lot about whiskey-selling uh, individuals boot-legging. today, bootlegging. So let's get into our mainism. Hey, hey, it's a mainism.
1: And today we're actually making good on our promise of like actually trying shit.
0: Yeah. So we have um, today we're going to be talking about Alan's coffee-flavored brandy. Before we, you want to crack that open and yeah?
1: Pour? I just also just. Can I actually drink this? Oh, can you? I don't see why not, but there's also no.
0: Um, Um, it's just coffee and cocoa. That would be fine. That's fine. Uh, Don't know if
1: I've said on the podcast. I have a lot of fucking allergies. Yeah, you do
0: have a lot of allergies. So, actually, maybe we should just pause for a moment and look this up. (laughs) (laughs) Flavorings.
1: It's literally probably like it's probably fine.
0: It says it's just. Neutral grain spirit mixed with coffee bean extract and sweetener.
1: That woke me up.
0: Doesn't seem to be yeah, doesn't seem to be anything. Whew. Okay. Whoo, that is coffee. That is a coffee. It is an intense coffee coffee scent that we're getting at coming in here. That is like it smells like a nitro brew, actually.
1: It actually really does smell like a nitro brew.
0: You pour me more than that. I'll probably like it. Is that good for you? Yeah, that's fine. Thank you.
1: Got a little shot glasses?
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, Jesus. Brittany. (laughs) I'm your wife now. Oh, my God. You're my (laughs) podcast wife. (laughs) B has, uh, has some very lovely shot glasses. I really like it. You got this little kind of, like, crystal-type ones. They sit on their side. Um, before we kind of, uh, dive, dive into this, let's talk about the thing that people would be most interested in and that's sales. Mm -hmm.
1: Sure. Tell me (laughs) about it.
0: So it's been around for a long time. Um, but Allen's coffee brand, do you know, uh, in 2017, the state sold $5 million worth of Allen's handles. That's a 1.75 milliliter handle. Um, what is this? This is smaller. Okay. I got the small plastic bottle because I wanted to be as it classy does, it, as possible. I was gonna say
1: it does look very. It looks very like it almost looks like it's bootlegged. Yeah, a it bit seems, it's in like in this plastic. This bottle. This is literally
0: something that you like smuggle into your jacket to a concert. Yeah, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is what you bring to the movie theater. <laughs> this is what I brought into a movie theater. <laughs> uh, but five million dollars in 2017, it outpaced all other brands and bottle sizes. Um, there's no vodka, whiskey, or rum that came close within that year. Wow. The, if you combine the sales in Maine of all the bottle sizes in which Allen's is sold, the figure topped $10 million in 2017. So this is a very, very, very popular little brand that is out here. And it's actually kind of funny. Um, there's a book that came out called Northern Hospitality, And it talked a little bit about Maine cocktails. Um, And there's a little term here that talked about how uh, when late winter uh, heralds a Maine kind of phenomenon, when you go to snowmobile trails and other kind of outdoor areas, where uh, as the snow is melting, empty bottles of Allen's will appear along these trails. And they're called lilies of the tundra. So not only is this popular, but apparently very popular among snowmobilers.
1: <laughs> Lilies of the tundra.
0: So, well,
1: uh, did, where? It's just, so it's a Maine-based brand.
0: It's um, or I don't know if it's it's based in Boston.
1: But it's, it's it, like... It's, but it's
0: very popular. It's very...
1: It's, like, almost synonymous with Maine when you're talking about alcohol. Because, like, I was telling you, when we went to Acadia for eloping, they literally... Alan's Coffee Brandy literally had a line of limited edition bottles shaped like... Or I don't know if they were the bottle, but, like, maybe it was. Anyway, they were, like, ceramic lighthouses of Maine.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the
1: brandy was inside of those. Like... They're marketing heavily in Maine.
0: There's uh, uh, this little article that I have, which may not be reputable, um, (laughs) isn't really able to understand, like, why this is popular. There are some anecdotes that say popular among lobster fishermen that would put a little slug of this in their morning coffee, Um, which, hey, maybe that's a thing. But, you know, also, it's cheap. Yeah. That's the thing is, like, this is just cheap booze. And maybe that's part. of And we do appealing. know there
1: are large swaths of Maine that are very poor.
0: Yeah. So I mean, if this is they want brandy, this is might be it. All right. I'm loving the smell of this. Okay, let's just take a moment. Take I'm a actually snack.
1: getting more into it.
0: Smell alcohol and coffee. Yeah.
1: So, question: Are we gonna do this like they like how they do mm, don't, um, don't. like wine, where you like swish it?
0: Let's just take sips. Yeah. Let's just sip it because that it's brandy. You sip but, it, right? Yeah. Cheers. Oof. yeah you definitely want to sip this um this is nice i like lo- Ooh, that's very coffee heavy
1: it is i actually don't mind the coffee heaviness it's
0: it takes a moment not to get terrible used to.
1: it's just for me like a lot of alcohol i don't really like the burn of alcohol
0: i get you this is also like a little lighter than some uh this just is not... a straight alcohol that you would get
1: yeah, because I've also, this is also the first brandy I've ever had, by the by.
0: The first brandy I ever had um, was when I was, <laughs> I don't know if I should say this. The first brandy I ever had was when I was, I think, around 15 or 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I was with my family. <laughs> we were all smoking cigars. <laughs> It was at this swanky, rich club. Yeah. (laughs) Am I
1: surprised? No.
0: No. But they, like, a guy came in and was pouring everybody brandy, and he did not look at me and just poured my glass. I was just like, okay. Uh, This is awkward. But the brandy was very sweet. This is also very, very sweet. This Mm -hmm. is something that I'm noticing. Where were you? I will not not mention the state location or uh, business. No, I was just going to ask the
1: state because I know in... Okay, because I know in Wisconsin, I think it's if you're over the age of 12 and you're with a parent, you can drink.
0: There might be something in Georgia I'm not sure about. Also, it may not have been Georgia. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was a while ago.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't drink this, like, on my own.
0: No, this is definitely something that I would do as a social thing. This would be... Still, it's just like... This honestly... Because I brought that story up just because I thought to myself, this would be really nice with the cigar. You know, I'm not really much of a cigar Say, like, do you guy. still
1: actively smoke cigars?
0: I, I don't actively smoke cigars. Emily doesn't like it, so I don't do it. Um, would you, though? Yeah, probably. <laughs> like, once in a while. Cigars yeah. are so bad for you. Like, I would treat... I've, I've tried to pitch, like, oh, I want to do, like, a cigar once a year. Just yeah. no.
1: <laughs> I, I had a friend who... Um, he went when he went to boarding school when he graduated they gift all of the graduates and like this is high school they gift all the graduates cigars
0: damn that's awesome <laughs> oh yeah actually, i actually remember like in my high school graduation went outside of the doors and like a couple of my classmates just immediately were smoking cigars with their family members it was really funny <laughs> <laughs> um like be yeah no like this would be really nice with the cigar yeah, no. I, I finished <laughs> my
1: portion and I'm not going back for seconds. Mm. Again, not I'm... Not for you. No, I'm more of like a... I, I like things that are very sweet. I don't really like the burn of alcohol. I will... I have in the past like done like shots of vodka. But I am very much about like... I like to balance the burn and the taste of the alcohol with a mixer.
0: You know what? This this would be nice as like a white Russian you could pour this in with, like, so a bit of milk and some other um, accoutrements, and it'd probably be a pretty nice cocktail, actually. Yeah. You know? I could see this being, like, a go-to for milk.
1: Make an iced cappuccino out of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, make an iced cappuccino out of it. I can do that for you. Oh, wow.
1: Because I also used to work at, uh, I used to be a barista.
0: Oh, yeah. There you go. So I
1: could make you something nice and fancy with the coffee brandy. Bee's
0: got skills. Um... If you were to rate this have, out of five, what would you rate it? Two and a half to
1: three.
0: <laughs> I'm going to be a generous. I'm going to give it a 3.7. I don't think it. I think, I think it's the, above a three.
1: I think for like for the price, again, th- that's just me personally, but like for the price, like it's not terrible. It's not, it doesn't taste as bad as like cheap whiskey or, or not, not cheap whiskey. Yeah. Cheap whiskey or like cheap vodka it's not you like know? you're
0: pulling from a from a little bottle of fireball here you I know fucking love fireball. you love fireball <gasps>
1: that is weird that actually. is really weird you
0: say you don't like the burn of alcohol that burns you love, harder
1: i fucking love
0: fireball <laughs> something about the cinnamon you know if we maybe maybe we add some cinnamon to this would you the like other, more
1: <laughs> the other thing because the thing about fireball is like um we always because uh, long story short my biological father passed away in 2013 And, um, that's one of the things that we do is we always do it when we do a toast to him, it's always fireball.
0: I love it. So,
1: um, it's funny because also same side of the family when my great grandmother passed away they do, uh, like, they've, in her honor, they do shots of Senator's Club. <laughs>
0: wow. <laughs>
1: and there's a story behind that. Like, they were cleaning out her apartment, and when they were cleaning out the fridge, a bottle of Senator's Club that she had had hidden fell and hit my grandfather on the head. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: Well, I might as well drink this now <laughs> so yeah, so they that. kept
1: the bottle and they just refill it but that's funny yeah that my grandparents have a lot of um
0: traditions traditions drinking. around
1: drinking but yeah so i like fireball and again like it's literally just like open your gullet let it go down <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is a sipping one i think it's all right you know again price points how solved. much was this bottle this is like seven bucks.
1: That's not bad. No.
0: The um the actual handles were about twelve dollars.
1: That's still not bad, yeah, because this no. was three hundred and seventy-five milliliters.
0: Mm-hmm. So overall good price point, not bad. Oh yeah,
1: prepared and bottled by Allen's Limited and Boston Mass.
0: Yeah, so definitely a Boston company, but still a main staple.
1: Yep. Thank you for your mainism and thank you for the the tribute.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, to the pod. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, go out to those trails and let us know if you can spot any of those lilies, lilies of, of the, the tundra. tundra. <laughs> um, I think that's it. I guess. You awesome. Know? Yeah, thanks thank you for, for this themed episode. Absolutely, thanks for joining us this week, guys. Hope you liked it, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.
1: out to us on our Twitter at HGHpod or on our Instagram at homegrownhorrorpod. We hope to see you again soon.